Don your snorkels and prepare those ice baths, because we're about to plunge into the frigid waters of autistic burnout, and we promise the payoff will be worth the pain. In an episode that wasn't designed to hurt your feelings but still might, Grace is leading the way through the Autism Burnout Symptom Checklist, explaining how a shrinking window of tolerance results in faster dysregulation and attempting to lovingly bully you into resting and healing your nervous system. If you forced yourself to push through the discomfort for so long that now you couldn't be bothered to dig your own grave even if you wanted to, come join us for an eye-opening look into burnout that will have you quitting your job and moving into the woods in no time. They said that we'd grow out of it. Well, the joke's on them, that's just our brains. We're eccentric, loud, and stubborn. And most of our clothing is covered in stains. It's not a deficit of attention. There's just too much to think about. So if executive dysfunction becomes a little too much, if you forgot why you came in this room, or you're hypersensitive to touch, then put on your seamless socks, and come join our little flock. Bitches stimming together, we're weirds of a feather, weirds of a Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. All right, warm yeah, up. Warm we up. are warm. We're getting there. I don't have a warm up question, so let's just do oh. this for a little bit because this yeah. is a long episode. I don't oh, want to get us on. started. No, we okay. don't have time for a warm up question. We don't There's have really... time. There's no time. There's no time. So for instead, we're just let's do our mouth in. stretches. Well, yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Maybe a neck stretch. Yeah, neck Did you crack. Hear that? I heard it. Ooh. That's good. Yeah. I feel pretty warm. Like the professionals do. Yeah. Yeah. Vocal warm ups. I'm sure that sounds great on the recording. What does that sound like? Um, It sounds like you're like unplugging a spring. Yes. Unplugging a spring, whatever that means, or like <laughs> throwing something on a piece of metal. I'm like, there's... And it's like, wow, 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 Yeah, and wow, the metal's wow, kind of wow. like, yeah, oscillating. Oscillating metal. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good word. Thank you. It's a nice vocabulary. Word of the day. Wad. The wad. <laughs> oscillating. <laughs> well. Right. Yeah? You doing it? Welcome yeah. to... Yeah. Weirds of a Feather, an ADHD-adjacent podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Stanhope. And I'm your host, Grace Bray. And we've got an episode. We do. Heavy duty. That's why you're here. Yeah. Yeah, this one's going to be, I mean, I'm taking the lead on it. So yep. as always, it's info-packed. Yep. And we're going to get a little serious at some points today, but... You guys are grown-ups or your children, and you can handle it. Uh, <laughs> you're either grown-ups or you're not. Yeah. And either way, you can handle it, and we believe in you. Yeah. And, you know, we'll still be silly, but we do have some, you know, kind of serious things to cover up top. But first, shall we do those little accomplishments? Yeah. All right. Little accomplishments, but big in our hearts. Grace. Yes. What'd you do? What'd you accomplish? All right. I don't know if this will sound like an accomplishment to everyone, but I'm proud of it. I think that's the whole point. Okay, yeah, 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 you're right. That's like why we made the whole segment is because it's 
It's a little thing that yeah. you accomplished that maybe traditionally people wouldn't be proud of you, but you should be proud of it. You You're right. It. Non-traditional right? accomplishments. Right. That is the whole premise of the thing. That's what we're here for. That's the whole thing of the thing. That's why we're here. That's exactly why. Okay. Well, first of all, I want to say, Lily told me that I threw, I got rid of my Christmas tree before she did. She did it oh, after me. Oh, Yeah. She was even later than I was. Look at that. See? So, Proud of you. Good job, Lily. And congratulations to me for beating you. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Well, it's not a race. But if it were, I would have won. Yeah. Yeah. You would She's just always so much better at that stuff than I am. Well, so when she told me she... that, I was like, yes. Maybe you know? she just really liked her tree. She did. She had a great tree. So it was, that's what I was thinking. It was probably that's just so cozy. Didn't want to take it down. And I don't blame her. It's like we need, ooh, business idea. We need some type of lit up corner plant piece mm-hmm. for people to put there in place of a Christmas tree that kind of gives the same vibe. I know you could just put a plant you there could and just put, put leaves, a regular and put plant lights there on it, or a fake plant. I want know? it to be like a thing, like the way you put up a Christmas tree. You know, it's kind of like a. A set thing. But it's all year round. Yeah. So it's just called a decoration. Yeah. So just a decoration. I don't know if it's a business idea. But it kind of gives you the same vibe as a Christmas tree without being a Christmas tree. So it's kind of specific. Like there's a whole routine to it. Like you you set it up the way you do a Christmas tree, but it's not a Christmas tree. You're right. This is just an individual idea I could do. But I don't know. I don't know if you can make a business out of it. But I'd like to see you try. I could try. Maybe. Put it on the list. All right. So my real (laughs) little accomplishment this week. Yeah. I defrosted chicken from wow. the freezer and i made it for dinner Di- all one day yep wow. wow wow normally i can i either forget to defrost the chicken and then i just get home and i'm like fuck guess we can't have that for dinner or i do defrost the chicken and then i don't feel like making it that night and then that happens a few nights in a row and then it's gone bad and i don't make it at all that's happened so many times i, I just that. end up throwing it away and you're like god damn it yeah so I don't know, something about it. I just can't do it. So this time I defrosted it in the morning and then made it for dinner and followed through. Oh. I was very proud of myself. We're going to invest in a chest freezer. Ooh, we are too. Um, Actually, one of Christopher's coworkers is like giving his away. We're going to pay him for it, but he apparently has two. Mm. He's a hunter. Anyway, we're going to get a chest freezer. So I'm excited to put a bunch of meat in there. Get that meat. Get that meat. Um, and other things so we can, um, one, because our freezer and our regular fridge is very small, but we also want to buy locally, like meat locally. Mm. And apparently, yeah, you can buy like an entire cow at a time, which we don't want an entire cow, but we want like maybe a quarter cow. Quarter cow. Quarter cow and a couple chickens and stuff. And that way I feel better about getting my meat from a local source. and. Mm. And then I'm hoping that will reduce our food waste because that's one of our bigger struggles that we're struggling with. Yeah, me too. That's a good idea. Yeah. Just go downstairs, hack off a chunk. Yeah. Boom. You're ready. <laughs> our next step is to actually raise cows. No. Uh, <laughs> Please don't. We don't have the yard for that. No. Um, All right, Kristen, what mm-hmm. did you accomplish? I, because I had to, renew my medical license. Woohoo! Woo! Yeah, yeah. Did. I was very stressed about it. Um, well, yeah, it's yeah. A big deal. Well, it, it's really easy. the The state of Maine makes it really easy. You just click a bunch of buttons, and um, and you're just they're like, "Have you committed any crimes?" And you're like, "No, I haven't." And they're like, "Have you, you know, sexually assaulted anybody?" And you're like, "Nope, still, still negative." So I passed. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. So. 
Good job not committing crimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's other things, too, um, in order to get there. But I did it and I was really worried about it. But now I'm not because it's all done. Good job. You Ease press those buttons and you are licensed. Those buttons. Licensed to operate. Woo. Literally. Yep. All right. Okay. Let's hmm, let's mm. switch gears here yeah. a bit. Get into serious mode. Yeah. Not to bring the tone down. Yeah. But. We're going to have to. Uh, how do I do this? I'm so I'm so awkward. I'm wiggling in my seat, yeah. trying to bring myself into you got it. focus it. mode. All right. Yeah. So this episode is going to be about autistic burnout. But before we get into the episode, I need to do something that we should have done a while ago, but we haven't. And instead of feeling guilty and anxious about it and letting that stop us from like doing it at all, we're just going to do it now because it's better late than never. And we don't want to let our personal fear about not having the exact right wording to say, stop us from speaking out about what's right, especially when it comes to something this important. Yeah. We're also not a super serious podcast, and so I like wasn't really sure if this was the platform to make a more serious statement like this, but we talk a lot about morality on here. We talk about having a strong reaction to injustice, and it's important to practice what we preach, obviously. And also, really, when I thought about it, what's the point of having a platform, as small and silly as this is, if we're not going to use it to increase awareness and help others in any way we can? Yeah. So we are now moving into the fifth month of a genocide against the Palestinian people. And what's happening over there is truly horrifying. No matter how you feel about Hamas or Israel, this issue should speak to your greater humanity. Nobody deserves to be bombed, to be starved, to have their access to water and electricity cut off, to be murdered in their homes, to be gunned down in hospitals and on escape routes that they were told were safe for simply trying to exist. What's happening in Palestine is not a war. It is a genocide. And it's really important that we use that language. And if you feel differently, especially if you're in the U.S. or another white country, it's just really important to consider the propaganda that you're being fed by people in power who have mm -hmm. something to gain, who have something to gain by making you believe that Palestine deserves this. Nobody deserves this. Essentially, by making this statement, I'm not trying to tell you what to do or how to or what to believe or how to think. But I er, I do want to urge you to seek other sources outside of what these big news and media sources are telling you, which are all controlled not to go down this path, but they're all controlled by a handful of wealthy people who once again have something to gain mm -hmm. by you either being apathetic about a blatant human rights crisis or even worse, by you believing that what's happening against Palestine is some form of justice. And like, really, after all, how can you make an informed decision on where you stand without having all the facts? So what this means is listening to Palestinian voices, seeking out information from Palestinian journalists, looking at the footage of what's being done to them and sitting with that. It's uncomfortable and it's horrifying and it's easier to bury our heads in the sand. But they deserve to have their stories told. And it's our duty to witness their pain and suffering. And, you know, when we think about it, we should feel uncomfortable. It should be upsetting. It, you know, should tap into our humanity. And turning away from it means turning away from our humanity. It's really a privilege to be able to sh just shut off the news and pretend it isn't happening because it's not affecting us personally. And it really only serves the oppressors when we turn away instead of leaning in. The latest reports as of February 4th, this is the day we're recording, estimate that at least 27,365 people in Gaza have been killed including more than 11,500 children. There are more than 66,630 people injured and more than 8,000 people missing. According to the latest data from the UN's Office for the Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs, from the World Health Organization, and from the Palestinian government, 
As of February 4th, Israeli attacks have damaged more than half of Gaza's homes. That's 360,000 residential units that have been destroyed or damaged, 368 educational facilities, 122 ambulances, 221 places of worship, and 13 out of 35 hospitals are partially functioning. And by the time this comes out, that's going to be way fewer hospitals if there are any left. So people are dying without medical care, without access to food and water, without electricity. And even if the goal is to take out Hamas, is that really worth murdering thousands and thousands of innocent people to do so? And if you look inside your heart, does that really feel like justice to you? This is a humanitarian crisis. It isn't anti-Semitic to say you stand with Palestine. We, of course, love and support our Jewish brothers and sisters. And there are lots and lots of Jewish people who are in full support of Palestine because they know this isn't an issue of religion. It's an issue of human rights. So, Palestinians, we want to let you know that we support you and we love you and we know that this is not nearly enough for us to just say this, but we hope, we're hoping that by using our voices we can make some small change or at the very least let you and others know that this is a safe place for you and that we're sorry for not speaking up sooner. We believe that from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Obviously, this little rant did not do the subject justice. There's so much to it and it's impossible to fully convey the horrors of what's happening and to provide the full historical context necessary to truly understand this long-standing issue, which is why I really just want this to serve as a jumping point for you to get curious, to put your initial reactions and preconceived notions about this issue aside, and to really spend some time reading, watching, and learning more about what's happening before making a final judgment. You owe it to yourself and to the Palestinian people to listen to the voices of the oppressed and to use the information available to you before making a decision on something as important as this. Some of the sources that I've personally been using for my own learning have been the Al Jazeera News Network, which is where I got those stats that I read off earlier, and then many accounts on Instagram, which I will include in the resources. But those are the Instagram handle at Let's Talk Palestine. That's a really great place to start. They have many, many easy-to-digest infographics explaining the apartheid and everything that's been happening since October 7th. There's um, Eye on Palestine is another great one. Gazan Girl. There's Jewish Voice for Peace. That's a great one if you're like not really sure how, you know, this ties in with Jewish people and Israel and Judaism. So that's a great place to go. There's also Ahmed Eldin on Instagram. He's an award-winning journalist reporting from the ground. There's a woman named Bison. Her handle is at wizard underscore Bison1. Like I said, these are all in the resources. She is a Palestinian filmmaker and a journalist who risks her life to provide updates from the ground about what's really happening. And then there's another account called at Decolonizing Therapy. It's a great account run by Dr. Jennifer Mullen, and that's an incredible resource for learning about the systems in place and how colonization ties into everything. And it also provides really great information about supporting your mental health in the face of a humanitarian crisis, which, of course, is super important on top of, you know, providing resources. For other things you can do, you can also call your state representatives if you're in the U.S. and demand a ceasefire. More and more cities around the U.S. are calling for a ceasefire. And the more pressure we put on our representatives to do the right thing, the better, especially considering that our tax dollars are being used to fund this genocide. And no matter what you believe, we should have a say in where our money is going. And it shouldn't be used for genocide. Mm -hmm. If you're anxious about making phone calls, which, you know, we've get it, we get it, you can call your representatives after hours and leave a voice message so you can be sure that you're not going to have to talk to anyone and you can, you know, they have scripts online that you can read. Or you can also send an email to your representatives. Anything is better than nothing, whatever you can do. 
There are also places you can donate on Bison's Instagram account. She has a GoFundMe linked there, so you can donate there and provide aid to families in Gaza. You can also donate to humanappealusa.org to help provide food, water, medical aid, hygiene, winter kits, and water and fireproof tents to displaced families. And then you out there listening, if you have other trustworthy sources that you think are helpful for people to know about, or if you have other great organizations that people can donate to, please let us know and we will give those a shout out as well. I know that was a lot all at once and sorry for getting a little serious, but this is something that I think we should all be speaking up against if, you know, we have any type of voice or any type of power, just, you know, even just showing your support for Palestine, showing that you don't agree with what Israel is doing, what the U.S. is doing, I think is so important in the face of, you know, like a televised genocide. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the privilege that we have to, you know, we have the choice to kind of like shut off the TV or mm-hmm. not watch that on, you know, TikTok or Instagram, but um, or switch to a different website, but the people there don't have that choice. It's directly affecting them. And, and you know, we're lucky enough to have the choice and the privilege, but that doesn't mean we have to ignore what's going on over there. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is something we weren't afraid to speak up because we're, you know, we were afraid of the repercussions of standing with Palestine. Like, I don't fucking care about that. It was more like I didn't know the right way to say things. But, you know, it's like while I'm feeling anxious about how to get the wording exactly perfect, like people are dying, you know. So it's regardless of how imperfect what I said just was, it's important to be using our voices in any way we can. So if I said anything incorrect or there's more you think I should be adding, please let us know. I'm very open to suggestions and everything and just want to get that information out there and just have as many people as possible you know, just reconsidering things. If you're not sure where you stand, you know, having some good resources where you can read the whole story instead of just kind of hearing whatever you're being told by people who have an agenda of why they're telling you certain things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think for any of these issues, it's just important that we're listening to the voices of the oppressed. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. All right. Yeah, of course. I'm sorry I didn't do it sooner. And now I feel like we need a little transition. We need a little transition. That was a serious. I feel like it's hard to go from such a serious topic to something still serious, but we can be a little bit more silly about. Yeah. I don't gotta know find how to the right like, tone. navigate that. Meh. 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 Mm. Do we have a transition song we could do? Um, did we write one? No. But I mean, just in general, just any song. Hmm. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I got nothing. Well, so let's got, just, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm out of ideas. Let's uh-huh. just awkwardly jump from one thing into another. And yeah, I mean, the reason why I wanted to put this Palestine thing in with this episode is because I was just thinking about, you know, as we're going to talk about autistic burnout, any of these issues that we're covering when it comes to anything that affects autistic people, ADHD people, disabled people. You really have to think about all of those people live in Palestine as well, you know, like, imagine an autistic person who's going, you know, through burnout and then they're being fucking bombed, Bombed. you know, it's like, how how do you, how do you function? Right. So I think that's another important thing to keep in mind, you know, as we're talking about all of these things is, you know, just how it's impacting everyone. So 
let's get into that meat. I guess we can do a, we a can meaty do meat. transition. Meat. It is the meat. The meat. 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 <laughs> <laughs> there you there, go. How was that? That was good. Concise. Okay. Smooth. But necessary. Yeah. That's all you got to say. <laughs> all right. Autistic burnout. That's what we're talking what about. What is it? What's going on? I think this is long overdue. Yes. And you, Kristen, were one of my inspirations for doing oh, this what? episode. No. Yeah. Uh, I know you're thriving right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that is what you would call it. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's hard for me to watch you going through burnout. It's hard for, I feel like I'm just coming out of burnout that I've been in for the last few years. So this information is just like so necessary. And there's still so much lacking on this topic because, of course, the research isn't there because, right. you know, they only study autistic people as if they're zoo animals and don't actually like talk to autistic <laughs> people on about how to support them you know you have a david attenborough yeah narrating yeah with what like, you see here yeah. is the autistic Attem in the throes of burnout yeah. attempting to wash a dish <laughs> see the tears running down their face yeah. <laughs> they don't like the wet <laughs> <laughs> but they must venture forward <laughs> And then you've got like the silly little goofy music from uh oh what is it the autistic dating show where they make oh it love is yeah love on the spectrum love on the spectrum love is on the spectrum yeah where they the music they choose is as, as if you're watching like puppies playing but it's like a fully grown woman like getting ready for a date right it's like do 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 like this cutesy little music I haven't watched it. Yeah, I mean, people have mixed reviews on it. Some autistic people like it, which is totally valid. You know, you want to see yourself think, reflected in dating. Yeah, but I do think the tone can be a little condescending. With the music, the music is literally like what you would see on like Great British Bake Off or like a bunch of puppies playing. It's like this cutesy, silly oh, now I'm music have to watch for it. toddlers. Yeah, let me know what you think. All right. Every time you say autistic burnout, I think of um, singing autistic burnout, but in the melody of beauty school dropout from greece autistic burnout. burnout go back to the uh, bedroom mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> you got the hope, not the maybe maybe we could write a oh, uh, uh, version of that oh like a parody yeah ah probably not on the spot but no do noodle on it uh, yeah let That's me let me let me noodle i okay. also need to take notes on this because i should probably uh check myself before I really wreck myself. Yeah, you know yeah. what? Get a pen. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> take a, a note. <laughs> yeah, but really. All right, so I'm going to start with my resources before we dive full yeah. throttle into this. Do it. The inspiration for this episode was Lana on TikTok at Key Lime Lana. She was talking about this um, autistic burnout symptoms checklist that really kind of sparked this whole episode and so she's a great resource to kind of you know learn about to kind of hear her thoughts on that i also have an article titled autistic burnout symptoms how to spot burnout by dr megan anna neff who actually tracy had her on her podcast so you oh, can go and listen to episode tracy from adhd from smart ass Women. yes you can go listen to episode 239 of adhd for smart ass Women. oh wait a minute called ADHD, Autism, and Other Neurodivergent Insights with clinical psychologist Dr. An Megan Anna Neff. I wrote hey. the show notes. Um, I also looked at a research article titled Having All of Your Internal Resources Exhausted Beyond Measure and Being Left with No Cleanup Crew, Defining Autistic Burnout. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what like, a title. I feel like that right there yeah. is a good description of kind of sums up what <laughs> autistic burnout is. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite the title. 
I like that term with no cleanup crew. Also. Yeah, I'd like a cleanup crew. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Business, Business idea. idea. We'll get back to burnout. That. Burnout. Uh, cleanup crew. Yes, That'd be a great idea. That would be. A I great guess it's more idea. just like home help. But they'd I'd like, like to... come in as if they were like the cleaning crew for hoarders, like yeah. an episode of hoarders. Yeah, the tent outside. Yeah, but I feel like they'll be, you know, informed about burnout and it'll be like specifically for people in autistic burnout, you know, because mm-hmm. shame only adds to more burnout. Yeah. So maybe it's hard to ask don't for put help. the tent outside. Yeah, maybe not the tent. Maybe mm-hmm. not the camera crews. Yeah. No tent. Just help. Just a few. Or maybe it's a crew of autistic people who have gone through burnout before. So they're like, we get it. You know, I feel like those would be the only people I'd even feel comfortable allowing to help me. Yeah, you don't want a neurotypical doing this kind of stuff. They don't know. You're like, get a planner. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck your planners. Just be happy. Just do it. Just have you tried, like, not being depressed? Yeah. Just, like, get off the couch. Don't be sad. Yeah. Come on. All right. Go out in the sun. I also use the Autistic Burnout Symptom Checklist by Dr. Alice Nichols. Um, and then this. I didn't know there was a checklist. Yeah. And that's kind of that's what Key Lime Lana mentioned in her TikTok. And that gave me a great resource. And that's why I did this episode. So and I'm going to go through the checklist. Don't worry. And then there's also the book called Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle by Emily and Amelia Nagowski. I haven't read it yet, but it is on my list. And I've heard a lot of people talking about it. So that would be a great resource. Obviously, the last thing you want to do when you're in burnout is to be told to read a fucking book. Yeah. But they also have a workbook, a YouTube channel, and a podcast. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of like piggy dip your toes in there. Ooh. And as long know. as I don't have to read, I'm happy. Yeah. You could, I'm sure there's an audiobook version. Ooh. So, or you could even read it as you're working your way out of burnout and you're finally in the place where you could read a book, reading it so then you don't fall back into that cycle. Mm-hmm. Because burnout isn't just like you're, it's like, it's a pervasive cycle, you know, it's, we're constantly putting ourselves through these stress cycles and it can, you know, I feel like I've gone through burnout like five different times in my life already, you know? So learning how to avoid it for the next time can be helpful, even if it's not going to like pull you out of this current one. And then some things to keep in mind before we start, the symptoms of burnout, which I'm going to go over, can overlap with or look like depression. Episodes of burnout can spiral into depression and lead to suicidal ideation because, duh, you're not able to get anything done. You've lost all motivation to even do the things that you care about and you feel like super hopeless. But it's important to note that burnout and depression are different, although, like I said, they can be very much related and burnout is one of the leading causes of suicidal ideation amongst autistic individuals who already have higher suicide rates than the general population. Isn't that cool? Yay! Yay! And these... What a downer. Yeah, sorry. This is a bummer of an episode. Bummer. But there's light at the end of the tunnel. Okay. There is hope. All right. I have some things to do, so it's just good to know about instead of being like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Why can't I find motivation to do even the things I care about? You could be in burnout, and Mm -hmm. it's good to know about yourself. The symptoms of burnout can also fit with other medical conditions like menopause, a vitamin deficiency, hormone dysregulation, depression, chronic fatigue conditions. So it's just important to keep that in mind. And like always, this episode is not a diagnostic tool. It's more of a jumping off point to consider this for yourself as you're like wrestling with these symptoms. It's just one of many options. All right. All right. What is burnout? What is burnout what is it i will tell you okay thank you appreciate (laughs) it you're supposed to yeah you've prepared an episode right i you're gonna take the lead you got let me take the lead on this yeah um it's a first-hand account (laughs) yeah 
All right. Autistic burnout is a long-term condition in autistic people characterized by an exhaustion of internal resources. I think that's a really good way to put it. Mm -hmm. The term autistic burnout is often used by autistic individuals to describe a state of incapacitation, exhaustion, and distress in every area of life. Informally, autistic adults describe how burnout has cost them jobs, friends, activities, independence, mental and physical health, and pushed them to suicidal behavior. I've seen so many autistic women on TikTok who are like, yeah, I used to be a high-powered lawyer, and now I can't wash my hair. Like, the effects of burnout are crazy. Wow. Like with all things related to autism and ADHD, of course, there's not been much research done on autistic burnout. A literature search for autism and burnout produces publications on family, teacher, caregiver, peer, and other burnout related to caring for or being around autistic people, but no studies on burnout in autistic people themselves. So all hmm. the articles are about like, are you the family member burnt out from like having to care for your burden of an autistic oh. sibling or whatever, you know? Which is, you know, caregiver burnout is yes. a real thing. Very valid. It, yeah. It's, you know, whether you have a child with autism, whether you have um, a sick partner, it's a real thing. We see it a lot in healthcare where, you know, they're the the patients in the hospital are they're sick, but then their partner, you can see them like fall apart and mm. And it's it's sad. Or they come in through the emergency room and they're like, I can't be here. I have, you know, my disabled wife at home I have mm. to care for. And I'm like, buddy, you got to care for yourself before you care for your, you know, disabled wife or whoever. But it's it's so tough to be in that situation. Mm. So that is real. Yeah, but absolutely. Wouldn't it be great if they also talked about people with autism? Yes. Experiencing burnout. Yes. Like, yeah. And it's just very telling of where we are as a culture if there's we're talking about the burnout for the caregivers but not the burnout for the actual person who's like living that right <laughs> like oh right. is it hard to care for an autistic person imagine being that autistic yeah. person you know <laughs> where you also have the sensory sensitivities mm -hmm. you also have that sensitive nervous system like and then god forbid you're an autistic person caring for right. another autistic person right. like you know it's very genetic so yep. you could be a parent who has an autistic child with needs and sensitivities yeah and then you're both you know hitting burnout at the same time right so there's a lot of need for more research into this and yeah obviously care for anyone experiencing burnout is important but it's like particularly important for autistic people who have these really really sensitive nervous systems and essentially like we just become extremely disabled by burnout. It's not, mm -hmm. it's, and it's hard. Like I've heard people talking about how we really need a different word for it because, you know, neurotypical people will use the word burnout and it's like, oh, I'm really burnt out. Like I'm just like tired of doing this job. Yeah. For autistic people, when we are in burnout, it's like my nervous system cannot allow me to do even the most basic daily functions I need to like continue living. Yes. It's not like, oh, I need like a long weekend or a vacation. It's like my nervous system is shutting down. Like the the thought of taking a shower is like agony. Yes, exactly. It's like you can't get yourself to feed yourself. Right. So two recent clinical articles reference autistic burnout as an issue to be considered, and only a few other recent articles casually mention burnout as a potential consequence of poor social support or masking which is camouflaging yourself to conform mm -hmm. to social pressures. And like no one really includes that as a research priority. So hopefully by doing more episodes like this, yeah. we can kind of raise awareness. And hopefully in the future, there will be more legit studies 
and information coming from autistic people who have experienced this. And like we've talked about before, that is one of the best resources to learn about all of this stuff, especially when either there's no research on it, there's poor research, or the research is done from like that outside observer yeah. position. You know, a lot of the research out there. Planet Earth. Yeah, exactly. The BBC. Yeah, spectacle. Camera like, crew. <laughs> how can we get these autistic people to stop being so annoying? <laughs> you know? That being said, I love Planet Earth. Yeah, I do too. All right. So what does it look like? Autistic burnout usually looks like pervasive fatigue, increased sensitivities, loss of executive functioning skills, decreased ability to manage emotions, and difficulty adapting to change. This is me. Do any of those sound familiar yeah, to you, Kristen? Um, check, check, check. Yeah, great. One hundred percent. You nailed it. Wait till I do the checklist. Yes. You're oh, going to crush God. it. One of the primary driving factors of autistic burnout is the attempt to function in an allistic, aka non-autistic world without mm -hmm. the supports that we need. So this article was saying that high masking autistics are the most susceptible to autistic burnout because masking takes a huge amount of energy and work from the brain and therefore reserves are diminished faster and more dramatically. We are also less likely to have the supports in place that we need to be able to manage our needs. Mm. So especially if, you know, if you are a high masking autistic and maybe you didn't know you were autistic before you hit burnout, that mm. I feel like that's a driving factor that causes a lot of people to get a diagnosis or to start looking at this for themselves because they were fine before. They were managing their symptoms or traits by just using their nervous systems to push through things, you know, like you. You've just been like pushing, pushing, pushing through. And it's like, yeah, it's. It's not great. Yeah. And yeah. you hit a point where you just can't do that anymore. Yeah, and you like, like kind of melt as a human. It's like not really fun. Yeah. Wouldn't recommend it. And it's like all of the structures that you've put in place to kind of accommodate yourself, whether mm -hmm. you knew you were doing it or not, all of a sudden those don't work because your structures for accommodating yourself were like, just make yourself do it. Yeah. <laughs> just do it. Just, just force will yourself. yourself to do it. Just yeah. Just pretend you're a robot. Right. <laughs> and those aren't. <laughs> they work up until a certain point, And then when they collapse, it's like, it's not like a slow fall. It's like mm. all of a sudden nothing works. Yep. At and least... then you're less with, left with nothing. Nothing. You have crumbles. No. Yeah. Because, you know, whereas someone who maybe knows they're autistic and has proper supports in place from the beginning, which I know is still rare, just because you were diagnosed as a child doesn't mean you like have this great, magical, wonderful life right. where everyone supports you and you're, you know, well supported by yourself. But if you are, you know, one of those special individuals who has been able to build in actual like autistic forward accommodations for yourself, you know, ones that don't try to just blow past your needs and hide them and force yourself through it, but ones that actually like support your needs, have built in enough rest, have built in nervous system regulation, sensory regulation, you're going to have a much easier time to manage your autistic traits because you're actually managing your autistic traits. You're not just right. trying to pretend they exist or pretend they don't exist and right. blowing past them. Right. So it makes sense that this, you know, affects high masking autistic people the most because we're kind of just trying to ignore it until it becomes too big of a problem to ignore. Right. So for the clinical definition of autistic burnout to be met, symptoms must be present for three months. Yeah. Which, Kristen, yes, check nice. on that one. <laughs> and I am going to take you through the autistic burnout symptom checklist. Oh. You ready? I'm ready. All right. First, we have physical symptoms. Yes. This is feeling physically exhausted, not due to illness. Yes. Fe yes. Feeling as if all of your internal resources have been used up. Feeling depleted, needing to sleep more, and yes. finding it hard to get out of bed in the morning. 
Yeah, I, I got it. Yeah? Yeah. All right. That's, Nailed that section. Yep. Nailed it. Yeah. And like I said, this is not like a diagnosis tool. This is just because it's not in the burnout isn't in the DSM to begin with. But this is just a tool for you to say, hey, wow, I'm experiencing a lot of these symptoms. What can I do about this? Right. So cognitive symptoms. Yes. Feeling mentally exhausted. Yes. Slowed down thinking. Yes. Finding it hard to think. Sometimes. I feel like I think a lot. Yeah. Finding it hard to think about the things I'm supposed to be thinking about. Yeah. Hard okay. to like focus your brain. Yes. Yeah. Decreased ability to solve problems. Eh, it depends on the problem. Yeah. Finding it hard to find the right words for things. Memory no. problems. Yeah. 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 I know. Some of these Some are of like, the, isn't like, that just like, all the time? Yeah, yeah. all the time. ADHD, dyslexia. I know. It's hard when you got all that stuff yeah. thrown in there. I got, I got yeah. things going on. And some people have been like, aren't these just all like traits of autism? But I think it's kind of like how we can't study autistic people who don't have CPTSD to kind of like suss out the difference because it's really pretty much impossible to find autistic people who don't have CPTSD, mm. where I think finding autistic people who haven't hit some kind of burnout is probably really difficult unless they're children, you know, or unless they've been accommodated their whole lives. So it's like, yeah, what is just autism and what is autistic burnout? I don't know. But essentially, however you were functioning before, you've lost a bunch of that function. Mm. So memory problems, needing longer than usual to understand spoken language. Yeah. Loss or deterioration of work-based skills. And like I said, there are a lot of people who were like, I was a high-powered whatever. Yeah. I was a CEO. I was yeah. a lawyer. I was a doctor. And now I can't meet my most basic needs. Right, right. I think I, I with like the memory problems, I mean, that's always there. Um, but... Also, the I feel like sometimes I get stuck on making a decision, mm. you know, and you kind of just like dwell on it and you're like, I really need to like make a decision. Yeah. OK, um, so I'm about to go into executive functioning oh, symptoms okay. and that's literally one of them is finding yeah. it hard to make decisions. Yes. Because that's an executive functioning. Like, it's almost like, you know, when if Ian's like, where do you want to go to eat or where do you want to order out? And you're like, I and Christopher said this to me before. He's like, I cannot make a decision. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'm like, I pick two and you pick one of the two. I find mm -hmm. that that mm. works really well. It's a good way to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'll talk about it a little bit later. But and you're obviously free to add in your own workarounds like mm -hmm. that. But yeah, one of my one of my workarounds to kind of help your executive functioning aspect of burnout is to take away as many decisions as possible, to, mm. like simplify things and not have to even make decisions like that. You know? Yeah. So the executive functioning symptoms, difficulty with changes in routine. And obviously that is already a trait of autism. But like whatever you were experiencing before, it's just maximized. Yeah. And I definitely experienced that. I I experienced that so hard when I'm not in burnout. Mm. I get like irrationally upset yeah you have always been like i've that. always been like that that's yeah. it's like one of my things yeah i just we we have a routine or we have a plan and then and then it's like a last minute change in plan and i like cannot deal because you i don't know i can't like deal with the change in the plan it yeah. really really upsets me 
Yeah. For me, it depends, but there are certain types of changes in routine where it like makes me mad. Like I feel myself getting so angry yeah. inside my body where That's it's like, how irrational. dare you? And you and you know, you're yeah. like, this is, I'm not supposed to be that upset. Yeah, it's not is, a big deal. This is so rigid of me. It's, you, you're you like aware of it, but you can't help it. And you're mm-hmm. like, I, I'm going to throw something. That's yeah. how I feel. Like I'm going to like break something. Yes. I feel so mad. Yeah. And you just like go scream in my pillow. Because it's like activating your nervous system, you know? It's not just us in our brains. It's like actual, a physical thing happening. Yes. All right. Also, struggling to plan your day. Mm. That's a big one that I definitely yes. hit a lot when I was in burnout. Finding it hard to start planned activities. God, yes. Yes. Even things that you enjoy. Yep. And once again, of course, it's going to lead to depression. Yes. Because you're not able yeah, to even do the things that you want to do, let alone the things you have to do. Of course, you're going to feel like a piece of shit, you know? Right. Losing focus easily, difficulty switching between tasks, mm. so those transitions, which, once again, are already hard for ADHD and autism, but especially when you're going through burnout, switching tasks just can feel, like, totally disabling. Right. And then, like we said, finding it hard to make decisions. All right. The social symptoms, mm-hmm. which I have definitely—this is why—I think the social symptoms of burnout are why I was like, okay, I— I am autistic, you know, because I've been for the last 10 years, I've been like, am I? I don't know. I'm not really sure. I don't feel like I fit all the things. And then I feel like as you know, in the last three years, I really have hit burnout Mm. bad. And all of a sudden I'm like, I can't socialize at all. I'm like so awkward. I'm overthinking everything. It leads to so much anxiety. I feel like I don't have any socializing skills at all, (laughs) you know. So difficulty or discomfort when trying to socialize. Yes. Yes. Do you do the thing where you look outside your window before you leave the house to make sure you're not going to have to run into a neighbor who you have to make chit-chat with? We're on a busy street, so Uh, no. Well, plus I, no offense to any neighbors listening, but I do that (laughs) because I just don't, it's not that I don't want to see them, it's that even just having to make my brain work for those three minutes of Mm -hmm. trying to figure out, you know, what do you say? When do you leave? How do you exit the situation? How much are you supposed to talk? All of that feels so overwhelming to me that I would literally rather stand (laughs) inside the doorway until Just I see wait. them leave in their car and then go. <laughs> so autistic yes. of me. How did no one catch this? <laughs> um, difficulty or discomfort when trying to communicate, avoiding social situations. Yes. <laughs> like I just yes. Said. Talking to people feels like too much effort. Yes. Yes. Even like responding to texts, even having to come up with what to say in a text. Yes. Even to a friend, you know, even, even like I'm to you sometimes. so guilty of that. Like I'll look. Mm-hmm. And then oh, I'm like, sometimes I just do like the thumbs up being like, I've read it. I've comprehended it. Yeah. But I just really have a hard time like responding. Well, that's a good accommodation because I would just like not respond at all, feel super anxious about it and mm-hmm. stressed. And then, you know, the problem becomes even worse. So mm-hmm. I feel like doing something like giving a thumbs up to acknowledge you've seen it mm-hmm. is that's a good strategy. Yeah. And I don't want to like, like I feel bad, like especially if it's someone who texts like you where you like write a whole novel and i'm just like yeah i'm never offended well by i that. know you're not offended but other people might be you know if they Fuck like them. write like a novel and i'm just like thumbs up heart yeah well <laughs> then they're not maybe not your types of people yeah yeah oh difficulty thinking of how to respond when people talk to me mm-hmm. yes i feel like my brain is just like blank yeah i feel so awkward i don't have anything to contribute right now mm-hmm. Unless it's bringing up my special interest and then I'll talk way too much and right. then feel like, a lot I don't of shame know about how to it. Make, I felt like I used to be so good at small talk and now I'm not. Same. 
I like I've lost that skill. Yeah. I don't know if I ever had it. Yeah. Were we actually good were at it? Were we actually good at it? And I'm like, I'm at work. I'm always making small talk, but I'm not. I'm always talking about work stuff. Yeah. You have a set subject. I have a set. So I have someone's given me the subject. But if it's just like, could you imagine going to a party where you only know like two people? No. I would I cry. I up thinking yeah. about it. And and it's like one of those parties where you just like kind of like sit and you sit beverages. You don't mm. like have an activity yeah. planned. Yeah. Like that. We used to do that all the time. Yeah. Well, there was alcohol. Involved. Yeah. But like still. Ugh. If I have alcohol, I'm probably not doing a good job socializing, but I feel less anxious. about Yeah. It, well, you yeah, because you're like drunk. I have more to say. Yeah. I'm it's not appropriate. No, no. And you usually end up bringing up a special subject anyway. Yeah. So and you're like just monologuing. I'm going to chat your ear off. You're going to hate it. Get ready. Yeah, get ready. Yeah. Take a seat. Either that or I say nothing. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. one or the other. It's so hard to like, in, I don't know. Talking is hard. Like, yeah. unless it's like, I need like direction in the subject. But Same. I can't just be like, and then the like, where are you from? Uh, what do you do for work? And you're like, oh, this is killing me. Yes. Like, I don't want to get to know you that way. Maybe like the first two seconds, just give me a quick like, Hi, I'm 47, and I work as a teller at the bank. And I'll be like, great. Yeah, a little elevator pitch. Yeah, a little elevator pitch. And then I'm like, great. Let's get deep dive into something like whether or not you think centaurs wear sweaters, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's how I want to get to know a person. Same. I don't want to, like, hear about, like, water cooler talk. Yeah. Yeah. Not only is it boring, but I never know how much information I'm expected to provide. Yes. Then I'm just word vomiting. Yes. So I'm like, how much, what's enough? What do you want to know? Yeah. How yeah. much do I share when it's like just an open-ended? Let me. Yeah. Like, so tell me about yourself. I'm like, this, sit down. You yeah. got three hours? Or yeah. it'll be like, I don't know, nothing. Yeah. I'm either like way overdoing it or I'm just like, hey. Yeah. I'm not able to correctly like assess how much information is being asked yes. from me. Yes. Ugh, it's so awkward. Just existing is awkward. I know. I hate it. I hate that. I wish I could just. Yeah. I feel like my social skills have definitely. And I was like, oh, maybe since COVID, my social skills have gone down. And which is definitely true. But I also think that I'm just like done trying. Yeah. Well, you're hitting burnout. And yeah. that shows how much energy and effort it takes for us to even make that type of small talk to begin with, you know? Like, we were never good at it. We yeah. had just learned how to mask. And yes. as you hit burnout, you can't really mask anymore. You're like, fuck it. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I have none of these skills. Yeah. I was just forcing myself through them. All right. Also under social symptoms, difficulty selecting the right, quote unquote, facial expression when interacting. Yes. I don't know how to hold my face. I guess... You've just got like a flat affect. I got a flat often. face. Yeah, yeah. A flat affect. I just, it's never like, and maybe it should, but it's never like been something that I think about actively. Yeah. So do if, people do that? Yes. I think about it constantly. Do neurotypicals think about it? I think they just do it. Like, I'm sure they'll think about it to an extent, but it's not like every single second in a conversation. Yeah. Mine is like always, I I'm just thinking about how should I hold my face? Should I be smiling? Should I be looking like interested? How do I show that I'm looking interested? How do I show that I'm listening? Because I'm and the part of that is ADHD masking as well. Mm -hmm. My, you know, automatic response is to just always be looking around. I'm not mm -hmm. I don't like eye contact and I'm always just looking around. You know, I'm yeah. always getting distracted by stuff. And so I'm trying very, very hard to make 
the right amount of eye contact, which I don't know what that is, at least look at their face or make eye contact sometimes and be holding my face in a way that shows that I'm listening. And all of that takes effort. It's so much effort to do. But yeah, some of these, if you weren't masking them already, of course, you're not going to have trouble, you know, masking them now. Well, I'm trying to think because I'm thinking in like a social situation. You do kind of you have a flat affect. You always have. Yeah. So. All right. That's kind of nice that you haven't been having a mask yeah. that, you know? Woo! Who cares? Who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, maybe that's why I know I roll my eyes a lot, usually at the surgeons when they do something I don't like. Here's what I'm realizing I do because mm-hmm. I'm like not really looking at people's faces very often. Mm-hmm. I'm very unaware of how much people are seeing my face. So I think I do shit like that, like rolling my eyes or, you know, do not- the nose, nose rubs. Yes. Yeah. Itching my nose yeah. or kind of, you know, picking with my nails or whatever. Like I'm doing all these things. So I'm like, well, no one's really paying attention to me. But like, yeah, I think people are. I'm not paying attention to them. Yeah, exactly. And then when you realize, I think this has happened to me when you realize someone's like looking at you uh, and you're like, oh, I hate it. Yeah. Or people well, be like, are you, are you OK? Doing? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm you. fine. Yeah. It's just how my face is. Yes. Don't look at Don't look, look at, at it. Don't look at me. Look away. Look away. Yeah. Find something else to do with your face. Yeah. <laughs> look elsewhere. All right. Discomfort associated with eye contact. Yes. yes. And that's a big thing. I don't know if it's because someone pointed it out to me that I don't make good eye contact and now it's all I think about. Oh. Or if it's because it's I think it's gotten worse with burnout. Someone um, pointed it out to me and I in in like college, like pre all of this. Yeah. And I was like, I make enough eye contact. They're like, we've never seen your eyes. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. I didn't know it was a thing. It's the worst when they say it as if like it's this obvious thing about you of like, oh, that's how my friend Billy said it to me. She's yeah. like, oh yeah, and you don't really make eye contact. That's like I'm how like, they yeah, they what? describe me. They're like, she's blonde, she talks really fast. She'll never look you in the eyes. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. And That's I never, not me, but I it never is. noticed that about you because I wasn't, although I guess you make even less eye contact than I do. And I do notice it about you. But oh. I'm never like, oh, why won't Kristen look me in the eyes? I'm like, good. I feel more good. comfortable too. We can both yeah. stare at the wall it's while weird. we talk to yeah. each other. I, it's like, I can't even, like, I can't even take directions or anything when, when I'm making eye contact because all I'm seeing is eyes. Yeah. And usually eyebrows. I'm usually looking at eyebrows <laughs> yeah. is what it is. I can't even look people in the eyes when I'm trying to look them in the eyes. I'm looking at their eyebrows. Yeah. Which is a trick that you can do to make people think you're making mm. eye contact. But I'm like, they'll know. Won't they'll they know? know because I'm like, you know, eyes glazed over looking at, mm. especially if they're like messy eyebrows. You love an eyebrow. I love an eyebrow. Yes. Yeah. All right. So there's discomfort associated with eye contact. And then there's also not knowing how and when to make eye contact, which, Mm. once again, already an autistic trait that not everyone, but a lot of us struggle with. And then with burnout, it just becomes so much harder. And also they've done studies that show that for some autistic people, when they make eye contact, it lights up the fear center of their brain. And that is really what I feel. Really? Like for certain people or certain situations, I feel like panic in my Mm. brain making eye contact. That's all I'm thinking of. Yeah. I'm like, God, I'm just like, I wish I could watch me in the past. Like when I like serial went on these like one one hit wonder dates. Yeah. You know, where you'd like oh, go on one date. I'd and, pay know. for that footage. Oh, <laughs> it'd be so awkward. It was so awkward. I bet, I bet you were so awkward on oh, first yeah, dates Oh, yeah, I know especially. for sure I was like, 
a word vomiter. Yeah, you're you know? probably just info dumping. And and then they'd be like, wow, she's like really talkative. She must be really into me. And I'm like, I just like to talk about my special thing. I would do she's this in a room work. by myself. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't flatter yourself. <laughs> All right. So then we have emotional symptoms. So difficulty managing emotions, mm. easily overwhelmed by my emotions. Yes. Mood swings. Increased number of meltdowns or shutdowns, mm. increased intensity of meltdowns or yes. shutdowns, and feeling in, at increased risk of having meltdowns or shutdowns. So it's just things send you into a meltdown or shutdown much more quickly than they did before. Yes. Yeah. I find that lately, I was actually going to bring this up separately. I don't know. Maybe this must be burnout. I've been like having these, and they're usually around like house chores. This happened the other day. I got home from work and I needed to shovel because the snow. And mm. so I get out there and I've got the and I'm shoveling and it's taking forever and my back hurts. And Christopher's like nowhere to be found. And I'm like this like blind rage of like, I am so upset. Yep. You know, he got home before me, didn't even offer to help. That motherfucker. Fucking just like I'm going to rip into him and I get inside after I'm done. I like get inside and it's like vacuumed and dinner's in the oven and the house is cleaned. And I'm like, damn it. God damn it. I'm so happy. And I was so mad. But then I was so happy. And now yeah. I'm like, ah. And, I, and But I've been getting these like or if like even at work, if like. It, you know, I don't know how to like control it, but it sends me for like. A brief moment in time until I can like take a breath, mm -hmm. I'll be like sent into a blind rage. Like even like a patient will kindly ask, oh, I know you just sent all my meds to the pharmacy. I would like to use a different pharmacy. And I go, mm. no problem. And I leave the room and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's literally two seconds of my time. It's never an issue. But um, it's an inconvenience. It's it is just, an issue. That's well, another task that you have yes, to do. Yes. And it's not on the patient because no. they need to pick up their meds at the pharmacy. Whatever pharmacy they want to go to is the pharmacy I'm going to send them to. But I'm just like, <laughs> like so blindly mad and that also changes your plan you know mm -hmm. so it's a disruption in your plan and yes. it's yet another thing that you thought was crossed off your task list that being said if you're a patient of mine please tell me what pharmacy you want to just it's totally fine to change pharmacies it's fine yes but it's, it's never, also okay for you to have this reaction it's your nervous system it's not you it's like being a bitch for in your like head. a brief moment of time it's but just this is this what, like blind rage and, and this is what burnout is Kristen. it's crazy it's I, the I littlest tasks and, yes. I'm, and i'm like why am i so upset and i'm like and i do this with like christopher i'm, I'm like i'm gonna leave him yep and then and then i'm like wow that was quite the overreaction on my part yep. um maybe i can you know solve this in a peaceful manner it's just this like Oh my gosh, I like don't even it's 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 frightening is what it is is that you can be so angry about such a little thing. Yep. Um it's essentially like for other people who aren't in autistic burnout, it's like, you know, when you've had like a crazy long day, you're so exhausted, maybe mm -hmm. your kid is crying and you know, you've had all this stuff to do and nothing's working right and every, you know, the whole day has been overwhelming and then you like are walking in the kitchen and your sweater gets snagged on a knob and you just oh. like have a total meltdown because yes. it's like this one thing's pushing me over right. ed the edge. That's how it feels with burnout all the time, yes. regardless of the day you've had. It could happen at 
8 a.m. in the morning Mm -hmm. and it causes that level of meltdown as if it was the end of a super long day. This is pushing me over the edge. It's like any little thing. Yes. Because your window of tolerance when you're in autistic burnout is much, much smaller. It does not take much to dysregulate you because your nervous system is already so dysregulated. Mm. So it's wild. Yeah. The mood swings. And I'm like, is like. What is happening to me? And and burnout, burnout, it's burnout, <laughs> it's burnout. <laughs> but yeah, it's the the, the blind rage has mm-hmm. been happening, and I'm just like, maybe I'm just an angry person, but I don't think I no, am. You're not. I think I'm just tired. And like I said at the beginning of this episode, a lot of people report that autistic burnout can ruin relationships, mm. friendships. You know, like obviously work, like all these different things because you're not. You know, you're probably popping off at your friends or like your dog or whatever like little things that you could manage before are just the smallest things cause these huge reactions all of a sudden and like we've talked about because you don't have any structures in place to handle this level of overwhelm you don't have anything in place so you don't have any accommodations for yourself Mm. your accommodations before are you know you weren't as sensitive to it and you would just push your way through it Mm. and now it's like but now it's getting worse yeah it's like, and then I'm like, am I just old? Am no, I older? It's burnout. I'm telling you, <laughs> stop pondering. There's got to be. That's there's got to be an explanation. If only there was some kind of some answer. Sort of answer. All right, let me finish this checklist, and okay. then we can talk about solutions. Okay. Because I want you to dedicate yourself to working on some solutions. Because the only way through is by essentially resting. Ugh. All right. But before we get there, last section on this is sensory symptoms okay so that is engaging in more stimming which is sensory input seeking behavior so you're probably yeah seeking out more of those comforts oh my god yeah stimming like motherfucker and you should there's an accommodation let yourself stim as much as you need finding it hard to suppress your stimming so maybe you're doing more like weird vocal noises maybe you're shaking your leg more maybe you're touching things more and uh and my little pats my yeah. thigh pads. You're probably doing more thigh pads. Doing all the thigh pads. Yeah. And then probably also like watching and listening to things that are like, uh, you know, musical stimming or I don't know, being bringing you some sense of comfort as opposed to like reading things that are boring and harder for your brain, you know, like seeking out more and more comfort things like yeah. TikTok and that TikTok, kind of thing. Scrolling, you know. Can crash again. Yep. That's like a form of stimming. Yeah. I see. Yep. Um, being it's all making sense, right? It's all coming together. Good. I'm glad. I don't want to say I did this episode specifically to convince you that this is what's happening. Oh, but sorry, Mike. I did this episode specifically to convince you that this is what's happening. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah, kind of. I'm gonna bully you into taking care of yourself, <laughs> as is my way. How dare you? Yes, aggressive love. <laughs> um, other sensory symptoms: being bothered by everyday noises. So, like we talked about, that smaller window of tolerance. It yeah. doesn't take nearly as much as it did before to dysregulate you. Mm. So, little noises can be like Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know. Uh, finding everyday sensations difficult to tolerate. So maybe you can't wear the same clothes that you were wearing before. Finding everyday smells difficult to tolerate. Finding everyday sights difficult to tolerate. And finding certain foods difficult to tolerate. Mm. So all of that can be so dysregulating and make it hard to even get into a routine. So let's say you have all these safety foods that you've just been like relying on having and eating. Mm -hmm. Now all of a sudden you can't even handle your safety foods. And then you're fucking starving. You can't get yourself to eat. Talk about dysregulation. You know? I guess, yeah. So, like, I had this safety food breakfast, which was perfect, and then I, I got bored of it. I hate that. I, it was, like, it was so heartbreaking. It's the worst. Um, 
So now I'm like trying to figure out what else to do. But what's happening recently is I'm really having a hard time with the executive function of like cooking mm. and doing, which mm-hmm. luckily Christopher does most of the cooking. But even when we're doing like a what we would call get your ownies, <laughs> um, which is just like leftovers or whatever you we want. scrounging. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like get your ownies. Get your ownies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we learned that on TikTok. I don't know. Christopher came up with it, kind of. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay. I'm giving him credit. All right. So we do get your ownies, but like sometimes <laughs> instead of get your ownies, I'll just not eat because I just, yep. the executive function to get up and even like make toast is just too much. Oh, it's just hard. And then you're like, I'm hungry, but whatever. Guess I just yeah won't. I eat. guess I won't eat, which is terrible. Yeah, and then you'll and, be even more emotionally dysregulated because right, right. now you're hungry. Right now you're hungry and you're sad, and and you can't like even. And it's the same with showering. You're like, oh, my scalp is really itchy, and I feel gross, and I know I'll feel better with the shower, but it's the executive function of like getting up, mm-hmm. getting the clothes, and yeah, it's just. And then you're uncomfortable and then it's just this pervasive cycle yeah where we can't do these things and that makes the burnout worse ask me how many times did i wash my hair this week how many once wow yeah luckily it looks looks nice well i mean uh, it was i washed it yesterday but it was um it was an event and Mm. luckily i work at a job where i just put a little scrub hat on so that's what i did yeah that's the other thing is like it's just the and it almost sounds like depression right Mm -hmm. and i know there you just said that they were linked but it's the same thing it's it's the transitions it's the executive function it's it's i feel like a child almost sometimes yes right a caretaker yeah and and christopher's been we've talked about how i'm trying to get to bed on time that's like my biggest thing I get really frustrated at myself, another irrationally angry. Mm -hmm. And I do it to myself. Like the other day I cried before bed because I didn't get to bed on time. Oh. You know? Yeah. And and it's like, (laughs) then you're up crying and it's even later. And I'm just like, But there's no logic to it. You're trying to like logic your way out of it, you know? And and I do it to myself because I go on TikTok and then I'm like, oh my God, it's like 11 o'clock and I have to be up at five you know it's crazy but that's what burnout is so and then it's so wild and then you know you have christopher who's like you know basically turning into a caretaker whereas he's also in the throes of burnout Mm. and and going through some stuff and and so he's he's like you gotta get up you gotta get off the couch you've gotta you know let's brush your teeth and you know you're just like oh my god and then part of it i'm like don't tell me what to do yeah but like someone should tell me what to do because yeah, someone should because i'm not telling myself what to do so it's just it's like and then you get like upset and you're like i should be able to do this but how come i can't it's like so frustrating yeah but if you think about it in the context of burnout, you know, you're thinking, I should just be able to do that. That is you just expecting yourself to use your nervous system, to use your adrenaline and anxiety to just force yourself through. Yeah, well, it's work. it worked. Yeah, it works past, until it doesn't. Like, when did I start burnout? Probably since you were a child. You've yeah. always been so anxious. You've always been pushing yourself and pushing yourself since you were a child. So I think you've been going through burnout for a long time and now you're hitting like the end of it. Well, I just think it's important to know about yourself, you know, and to be able to have 
kindness and understanding for yourself instead of being like, well, and that's a big thing people talk about. We're always using this. Well, I used to be able to do it. I used to be able to make myself do it. So I should still be able to do it. That's not how burnout works. It's like trying to get your car to keep driving after you've run out of gas, you know, and maybe you were using you had a little gas can in your car and you've always just, you know, filled a little bit up to push yourself through, push yourself through. Now that reserve gas can is empty and now truly the tank is fully empty. You can't just do what you were doing before because your gas is empty. There's no making a car run if it's empty on gas. You know, it's just like you can't try hard enough <laughs> to make the car move. There's no like, well, I just got to push myself and hustle and grind. It's like you're out of gas. There's You're just not going to move whether you want to or not. All right. So why does burnout happen? I don't know. <laughs> Please tell me. There's no way to know. There's no way to know. Next section. It's a mystery. No. So essentially the reason why it happens is because you've been using anxiety, adrenaline, and like so much, you know, reserve brain energy to push yourself through uncomfortable or difficult things for so long that your brain, body, and nervous system are worn out. Well, that's just how it's done. (laughs) It's not, though. It's, I've, I don't know any other way. I know. And that's why now that you've hit burnout, you have literally no other backup skills of how to accommodate yourself. I don't have any skills. (laughs) You have skills. period. No skills. You have skills. They call me no skills McGee. Yeah. We often call you that (laughs) uh, behind your back. No, you have skills, but when it comes to like supporting your needs in a way that like accommodates yourself instead of just like forcing yourself to do stuff, you really don't have any of those. Your skills have always been like, I'm good at pushing myself. Yeah. Like they always said about you, you're a really good worker, you know, in school. Think about where that, you know, when this started from the very beginning when you were in school. You're fucking the beginning. Yes. It all goes back to the Ah! beginning. You were dyslexic, ADHD, and autistic. You had to work harder than other people just to be able to, like, comprehend what you're even reading. You're having to work through fucking recess. It started since you were a child. Oh Instead of God. having fun and, like, healing your nervous system running around, you're just using your nervous system to push yourself to work harder, you know? That's crazy. That shouldn't have been put on you. So, essentially, there's no pushing through burnout because you've crashed the system that you were using to push through in the first place. So now that you've used that system to push, 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 now you got no backups. So the longer an autistic person is working beyond their capacity without the proper supports and recovery periods, the longer and more severe the burnout will be. Mm. That also means more time and resources are needed for the autistic person to recover. So, I mean, all this comes down to like, it sucks. You know, it's once you hit it, there's, you know, now you need more resources in order to have the time you need to recover. So it's kind of hard to like list too many specifics about the physiology behind what's happening because like I said, there have not been enough formal studies on the issue, but we do know that it's the result of wearing on your nervous system for a prolonged period of time. Mm. I will never stop shouting from the rooftops about your nervous system. And I think I have to do a follow-up on my first one, but I'm all about healing and nurturing your nervous system because it's like your it's how everything is done, you know, it's like your whole system. Um, We also know that the autistic brain processes 42% more information than the holistic brain, so it makes sense that that type of brain, on top of how difficult just life is for us, that our brains, how much we're processing, it also requires more rest to recover from demands, and in our our capitalistic society, no one is giving, no one is given the room to get enough rest, but especially not autistic people. Yeah. So I even think when we say we're tired, we have a different definition of being tired than holistic people. Like our baseline for being tired 
is so different. Like when they when, you know, neurotypical people say they're tired. I think for us, that's like probably they are tired is our like normal, just everyday level of functioning, you know. So when we say we're tired, it's like I physically yeah, couldn't even roll off the couch right now and crawl to the bathroom. Like I need someone to fucking carry me there or I'll piss the bed, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like I think even just the way like with all these things, the way that we even talk about this are definitions of what it means to be tired, what it means to be burnt out. Like they're just different. You know, we have different brains, different needs, different nervous systems. I saw a TikTok or maybe it was just an article on like Google or something, an unreliable piece of information Mm. that said that women need more sleep than men because they're often making more decisions than men throughout the day. I have heard that for different reasons that we do need more sleep. Oh, I heard it was. I'd love to do one on decision fatigue. Yeah, that's a good one. One day. That ties into this, you know? Right. Well, because I see it a lot in the hospital, too. Like, everything you do is a decision. Mm-hmm. And when you're making, like, 5,000 decisions a day. My God. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Eh, just a thought. Okay. Yeah. All right. And finally, what can be done about it? Yes. Well, nothing. Just no. There's nothing to do. Lay down Might as well dig give your up. grave. Yeah. yeah. Start digging now. Yeah. No, there are I things you can do. I don't have the executive do. function to dig my Hire own grave. Hire someone to dig your grave. Yeah, you can't even dig your own grave. I can't even. That's so oh, sad. Christopher would dig my grave. Okay. Yeah, he would. He's a nice guy. He's like a that. nice guy. <laughs> I'd help him. I know right. he would. So really, the best cure for this, most people don't want to hear this, and I know it's not always possible for people who have to keep going every day and have people to take care of. That's one of many reasons why capitalism sucks. It doesn't allow us. It doesn't allow for us to, like, take care of our most basic human needs that we need to function. But letting yourself rest as much as possible is really the main cure for burnout. You know what I think about when you say that? Mm. I know. It's like, oh, yeah, let me go sleep for 12 hours, except I have lots of things to do. I know. And I have cat children to take care of. And now I have a fish. And imagine, oh gosh. Uh, yeah. Imagine people who have like real children to take care of. I know. That's like, what I keep what? saying. I'm like, how do people have real kids? I literally don't, I don't understand. Know. I feel like I'm just barely afloat. Same. How do people have children? They're like, you just, you just do it. And I'm you like. just make the room for it. What? Yeah. That's wild to me. Yeah. It's, it's wild that people have children. What a reckless thing to do. (laughs) I agree. It's pretty nuts. (laughs) It's nuts. So imagine you're hitting autistic burnout and you have like four children at home. I can't even. What are you going to do? God. We homeschooled slash babysat my nephews and niece for a week. And I thought and they weren't even they were staying at my parents house Mm. and they're they're like well behaved kids. Yeah. They're like, are they all ADHD autistic? Of course they are. Yeah. Genetic. Um, but they're they're pretty darn well behaved. And maybe because it's they're homeschooled and they're a little sheltered, probably. Yeah. But they all get along with each other. They all do their work. I've never been so tired. Yeah. I thought I was losing my mind because one, I had to learn new math, which is oh, frustrating. But two, I was like, this is just like to continue to take care of kids when i'm just trying to like stay afloat myself i don't yeah. know how people do it i don't know i don't know i ask people with kids all the time i'm like how do you how do you how do you have a kid how does yeah. this work it's so much and also on top of that like you know on the adhd side like 
frankly, it's really boring. Like the day to day, like mm-hmm. obviously having kids is fantastic and fun yeah. and amazing. And there's so many like wonderful, beautiful moments. Yeah. I'm not saying I love kids my nephews. Suck. I love kids. Yeah. If you do have kids or you want kids, that's great that's for great. you. If you can handle it, mm-hmm. I we have a, can't. Great, a lot of great moms on who who tune in. Absolutely. Which is fantastic. But the reality is the actual day to day to day to day of caring for a child is very repetitive and very fucking boring. Uh, I can't play meals. pretend with a kid for more than three minutes without feeling right. like I'm going to bash my head against the wall. I'm like, this right. is so dull. Every minute feels like an hour. Right. I'm like, and then it's like endlessly the constant, endless like meal feeding. Yep, you got to keep them fed. Keep, keep them fed. They need attention. Right. Yeah. Other things. Baths. Bath time. Bath time. Bedtime. You got to like get them ready. You can't even get yourself in bed. I can't even get Imagine myself in bed. you had a kid the, who like God. was like, no. I'm be like, all right. We're Me. both staying up. Yeah. <laughs> we'll fall asleep on the yeah. couch together. I'd be a terrible mother. Look at my cat children. They're not well behaved. Well, they're doing okay. They're alive. They're alive. Um, And I feel like even if you don't have kids which is already like an insane amount of work on your plate. I feel like because before you hit burnout as an autistic person, you know, it depends on like what you're capable of. Not everyone is like this, but a lot of us, because we do have those brains that are processing a lot of info, a lot of us are very busy and put a ton on our plates, you know, like talking about the high powered lawyer who had this like really, really, really busy life because she was able to do it. Then you hit burnout you Jamie has her own business. Yeah. So you hit burnout and you've put so many things on your right. plate from when you were able to function at the certain level and yeah. now you can't. And now and it's has like, a PhD. Yeah. It's crazy. It's wild. You're a surgical PA. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> How do people have kids? I don't know. I don't understand it. I literally I have can't so much respect fathom. for like parents. It's yeah. crazy. Like it's... having a baby? Oh my God. Oh my God. Well, when you have to have the baby, yeah. and th- that comes with like all these hormone changes yep. and body changes. And then, you know, um, if you're in a shit country like the US, you've got no maternity leave. Yep. Um, so you've got to just like take it off and figure then figure it, it out. out. Yep. When do you go back to work? And it's it's wild. Yep. Wild. All right, let me fly okay. through these. I'm sorry. Uh, no. I just, I'm glad we talked about it because it needs to be talked about. But yeah. like parents, so much respect. Yes. Not for me, but. Yeah, same. Not for me at not all. Not for me. Because I just couldn't do what you guys do. No. All right. So it's really deep rest and like, honestly, like being super bored is what it comes down to. So by resting, I don't mean laying on the couch and watching TikTok. I mean letting yourself be bored. Because oh. if you're just on TikTok, you're just like dissociating, you know? Yeah. You're just getting the slightest bit of dopamine hit that you can mm-hmm. and what about like doing an activity yeah you could do like an act- a crochet yep that's a good one so yeah it's not just you don't just have to like sit and stare at the wall mm-hmm. but you need to do things that are like low dopamine activities mm. let your brain rest your brain and your nervous system really need to rest if you're just laying scrolling on tiktok and this isn't a judgment i do this as well all the time but it's just good to know what's happening you're activating your nervous system if you're seeing something that's upsetting there's a lot of shit on tiktok that's like yes. hey the world's ending oh, everything's the on North fire sea tiktok yeah it's so upsetting Ooh. oh it's so scary <laughs> so being on tiktok even though it might give you the slightest glimmer of hope in your day you know so use it accordingly but just knowing Mm. that it's also throwing you sometimes into that fight or flight which is only continuing to harm your nervous system Mm. so doing things that make you that just feel very boring 
This looks like making your days as low demand as possible, mm. whether that means, you know, using that 15 minute break in your day to lay down on the couch with your eyes closed instead of scrolling TikTok, all the way to the extreme of like quitting your job and finding a lower demand job. Uh, and once again, I know that may sound like a crazy thing to say. It's crazy. And obviously it takes a ton of privilege to be able to just quit your job. But the thing about burnout is you will reach a point where you can't just push through it anymore. Your nervous system will bring everything to a halt, whether you can afford to do that or not, whether you have the time to do it or not. Burnout doesn't give a shit about your busy schedule. Like, it's not like, well, I'm not really able to like switch jobs. It's like you might hit a point where you don't have an option. It's right. either that or you can't work. So right. if you don't find a way to manage your burnout, you eventually, not to sound scary or alarmist, but you will over time lose your ability to function. So I know it seems like a huge thing to talk about changing your career or doing something different or making, you know, taking stuff off your plate. But it's kind of like either Get rid you of a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Just downsize. Yeah. Downsize. <laughs> Like either you take something off your plate, whether it's a kid or your job. No, we're just kidding. Don't kill your kids. Don't kill your kids. Don't. Don't. We're taking a strong stance. Yeah. We are anti-killing anti kids. Kid killing. Yeah. yeah. Not here. Not. We don't support. Not it. on this podcast. No, absolutely not. You might not have to kill it. Just <laughs> misplace it. Yeah. Or we send are it also to an aunt against misplacing your kids. kids. Keep we, an eye on them. Keep track of your we, kids. As we said before, have a lot of respect for parents, which yes. is why we're not parents. Yes. And I love kids, which once again is why I'm not having kids, because I want to continue to be able to love yeah. them and not resent them. Exactly. Yeah. So if I mean, if you are hitting burnout and you haven't had kids yet, this is something to take this, into consideration. You know, it's not just about wanting. It's like, will this be something that would push you over into burnout and then you're not able to function and take care of yourself mm -hmm. or your child? I do think for autistic people especially, it's something to consider when you're thinking about having kids, you know? I can't imagine, like, doing fine and then you hit burnout and now you already have a child. It's like, right. what do you do, what do you really? Do? Send them to a great aunt's house, really. Right. But, yeah, it's kind of like you find ways to take things off your plate or the burnout will force you to do it anyways. Yeah. So. It sucks, but that's, I mean, autism is a disability, and this is one of the many reasons, you know, it can be extremely disabling. It's your nervous system. So, speaking of nervous systems, of course, I'm going to talk about not just resting, but also healing your oh, nervous system. Oh, who would have thought? Oh, who would have thought we were going here? Yeah, believe it or not. Believe it or not. George isn't at home. We're healing a nervous system. <laughs> Please leave a message at the beep. <laughs> All right. So for this, you can go back and listen to our nervous system part one episode. Obviously, there are other podcast episodes out there on the nervous system that are even better than ours. Ours isn't the cream of the crop. Um, so <laughs> we're go. there. We're yeah, just, it's we're, good. There's others. Yeah. That, you know, maybe you could also listen to. Yeah. We shouldn't right. be your only resource. Yes. That's a good way to put it. Ours is that? good. But there are other resources don't, out there. Don't you don't give us enough credit right. yourself. You did all the research. This is a lovely, lovely episode. I did a nice I'm really job. enjoying. Right. But yeah, so no matter how you get the information, it's just really important for all neurodivergent people and um, all people in general, but especially for us to learn about how to heal your nervous system, how to support your nervous system, because it's essentially like how we function. And then personally, as you know, tapping has been huge for my nervous system regulation, not to give you more things to put on your plate, but if you do kind tap of tap it out, yeah, we've said it, it once. We've we'll say it again. Yep, we are diehard tapping fans. <laughs> AKA I am, and Kristen you, rolls her eyes. Uh, just, um, but you can go back and listen to our tapping episode. 
And, you know, there's a tapping app that I use. It does cost money for a monthly subscription, but I think it's like $7 a month. But they do have some free sessions on there that you can use over and over and over and just use those ones. So you can check it out. It's really, I, I think, wonder if YouTube has. Oh, yeah. I'm sure YouTube has some tapping sessions. Yep. Yeah, they definitely do. Yeah, you can find all that stuff on YouTube. So, you know, you can find one that works for you. You don't have to use my app. I just want everyone to, like, try it once in some form because really, like, the feeling in your body of relief is, like, instant. There's nothing else that I can think of. Like, it's not the same as yoga. It's not the same as meditation. It's not the same as, like, anything else. It truly feels like the closest thing I can imagine to, like, taking a pill to work on your nervous system. Mm. It's like the relief feels instant. And I feel like once you've experienced it once, you're like, oh, that that was crazy. I can't believe tapping did all that, you know, mm. and then you'll be more motivated to do it more. So just try like a three minute session one time. See how you feel is all I ask of you. If you can afford to put one th- more thing on your plate or not or not. Yeah. This or is you just should, one or of many be options like me and just 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 don't and continue to spiral downward. Yes. Yeah. That works too. Enjoy the spiral. Yeah. Um, You can do things. So these are easier ones to do. You can do a cold plunge, which could just mean dunking your face in a bowl of cold water. Face. Face. Yep. Even putting an ice pack on your chest, the back of your neck or your wrist. So then you don't even have to involve water at all. You know, those are even the littlest things can help with your nervous system. And that's kind of an easier one than having to tap or whatever. Do you do that when you first wake up? Plunge it? Um, I have it down in the kitchen usually, so I'll, you know, wake up and blah, blah, blah. But then before I eat my breakfast, I'll plunge my face. Oh, my God. And it feels nice. And then also doing things like shaking, jumping, spinning, just like moving your body yeah. in general, stimming in general. Let those happy f- hands flap, you know, yeah. flap your flap hands around, hands. wiggle your body around. Like it can also serve as like a thing to kind of make you laugh, you know, when you're like just trying to walk around the house wiggling your body it's good for your nervous system and then you're like look how silly i look and then you start laughing at yourself and that's fun it's nice to have a smile it's nice and then speaking of smiles um incorporating joy fun and little wins into your day is another thing like when you're hitting burnout you're not able to do even the things that you want to do the things that you love the things that bring you joy you're often like many people say they're not able to even engage in their special interests which is so important for autistic people Mm -hmm. for regulation for happiness so Like when everything feels impossible and we have an endless list of tasks that we're beating ourselves up for not doing, I know it can feel pointless to even do like these tiny little steps when that mountain just feels so like insurmountable. But it's important to remember that this is part of the autistic executive dysfunction where we feel like it has to be all or nothing. We don't want to get started if we can't do the task completely. So accomplishing just like tiny, tiny little tasks can bring you a smidge of motivation and hope for yourself. And especially if you're celebrating them, like, like their huge accomplishments, which they are, and then you'll kind of start to stack them on top of each other, like dopamine dominoes is how I like to think of it, you know, (laughs) or like one tiny win can give you the dopamine boost to do another tiny win Mm. and so on and so on. So it's obviously not going to like cure your burnout, but it can help you avoid spiraling even further into that resulting depression. Into madness. Yes. And I'm not just telling you to do like productivity tasks. I'm not telling you to heal your burnout by being more productive. But I'm talking about like the tiniest, tiny little wins, like brushing your hair, standing outside in the sunlight for two minutes, Ah. picking something off off the floor that's been bothering you forever, responding to one person's text, eating one vegetable or even like eating anything at all. Those are like little, little accomplishments, little big accomplishments that 
will give you the tiniest glimmer of hope of like, okay, I was able to do that. And, you know, those hopefully will kind of Maybe life isn't too bad at all. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I can eat a carrot, you know? And then before you know it, you're eating a whole bushel. So. (laughs) Is that how carrots are counted? Bushels? I believe so. It doesn't sound right. Sounds right to me. All right. And then my final tips and tricks. These are kind of some things that are mine. Some things I read in the comment section of that woman Lana's TikTok about burnout. Mm. Someone said, my approach has been learning to accommodate for myself, which takes away a lot of the exhaustion that comes with decisions. So like brushing my teeth in the shower, like task pairing. Yeah. Bringing everything I need into the room for one day, oh. having my partner chill, having my partner choose meals for me, or limiting myself to one food, mm-hmm. and then I also throw in there dressing like a cartoon character, wear or the or a president, have the same thing the, that you wear every <laughs> single day. <laughs> I love a lot that. of presidents do that. Yeah, Steve Jobs wore the same thing every single day. It's one less decision. Exactly, having scrubs is nice because you don't have to think about that. Yeah, but, I just have to. Yeah, I just wear sweats to work or joggers. I usually wear joggers. Yeah. So like taking as many of those decisions out of your day as possible Mm -hmm. is great. Those are all they seem like little things, but they really build up, especially if you're in burnout. That window of tolerance is so little that even just having to decide what shirt to wear in the morning can totally dysregulate you before you've even started the day, you know. So automate as many decisions as you can. Even things... like if you can prep the night before too, yeah. Yep. That way you don't have to, you know, wake up and start making decisions right away. Exactly. Yeah, because I feel like you'll also just be thrown into like that decision paralysis so much yes. more easily that things just feel like totally paralyzing. Right. So when you wake up, you're like, I guess this is what I'm wearing. Yep. Here it is. Exactly. This is what's been set out for me. Mm-hmm. And then even things like finding a show that you like that has lots of seasons. So when you do take those breaks you know it's we don't always have to be laying in the dark not watching anything i think having shows to watch instead of tiktoks like the joke is that you know i'm gonna like have good self-discipline i'm gonna do something more relaxing i'm gonna like watch a tv show instead of like being on tiktok that's like the new version of reading a book instead of watching tv right right (laughs) yeah now it's watch tv instead of tiktok right but really that like fast form content where it's always switching you're always kind of being thrown into different emotional states Mm -hmm. it's really you know that's kind of like the worst for you yeah it's it's like well doesn't it like light up the same centers as your brain and and this isn't from a reliable source um, as like gambling. Yeah. Because gambling yep. so stimulating. It literally does. They yeah. design the app to do that, to get you addicted to it. Yeah. It's, they it's research. So addicting. They research it. It's not an accident. It's. Oh. Yeah. I love You learn so much though. I know. And then you go down a hole and you're like, fuck, now I'm depressed. Exactly. It's God just a it. risk. Whereas if you find a show that you know won't do that to you and that will be, you know, some kind of like easy entertainment for you, find a show with a ton of seasons. So mm-hmm. you always, you don't even have to make that decision of, oh, what am I going to watch? There's yeah. nothing to watch. I might as well pick up TikTok. I might as well just scroll on my phone mm-hmm. and then you're depressed. Have a show that you come back to. It has lots of seasons. You don't even have to think about it. Mm-hmm. You just put it on. You have that comfort there. You know, I always Are like my comfort shows. Yeah, YouTube channel. Yeah, more just more like long form content at least. I'm not yeah. saying cut out content, obviously, it's me. I'm not I'm not crazy. You know, I'm always going to watch TV. It's just ha- who I am. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I also find yeah, with myself too that if I can focus myself on a show instead of TikTok, my brain feels so much better. 
And then imagine if that were a book, you know, it's right. like you can kind of work your way up to it. Oh, but, work your way up to reading. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> work your way up to reading. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's those are my maybe I'll have more tips in the future, but kind of deep rest and boredom. Yeah. And taking away decisions and working on your nervous system are really kind of the tips. OK. All right. Quit your job. Quit your job. <laughs> yeah. Kind of casual, easy live, tips. Live off the grid. Yeah. Go find a hut. <laughs> oh, and another one could be, you know, either if you have the resources to hire people to do tasks that are overwhelming oh, yeah. or, you know, relying on family members or friends. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's important for us to know how to ask for help. And this, like we said, this is a disability. It's disabling. You're yeah. not being weak. It's not like silly to need someone to help you. To, you know, do meal prep or laundry or, you know, like you said with Christopher, where he like gets you to brush your teeth. He gets you to shower. Yeah. Like, those are all things you need. Yeah. You could have someone that calls you or someone that checks in with you if you don't have someone who can come over and help you with those things. We should or, add this to our task tackler yeah. business. A, yeah. A specialty burnout, like burnout, special, burnout uh, specialist. Burnout specialist. Yeah. <gasps> we got to we. We got to get the LLC. All right. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. What are we doing? Why, do we, Why are we still talking here? We got to go. We got to go. All right. Well, yeah, perfect, because that's the end of my episode. Um, like I said, you. all of my millions of resources are down below in the show notes. So you can check those out, both the Palestinian stuff and the autistic burnout stuff. Nice, casual, fun, easy episode. Yeah, just, you know, casual yeah. Silly sewed, you know. Yeah, nice and silly. Yep. Yeah. I hope you got a lot of laughs. Yep. <laughs> Actually, I hope you didn't. Hopefully you didn't. Yeah. But I do think this is an important, on, on many levels, this is important to talk about. Uh, one, because I personally relate to it. And like I've said before, it's all about me. Yep. And I really appreciate you doing all this research. Thank of you. Of course. This yeah. Great, I learned a lot. Good. I'm glad. And I hope you out there, you know, learn some things. Like mm -hmm. you said, you're like, I had all these symptoms separately. I didn't realize they were all connected. It's all connected. Yeah. I feel like uh, Charlie Day with the yarn. Yep. Again. There is no Carol in HR. Oh, yeah. Matt, <laughs> this whole goddamn office is a ghost town. <laughs> <laughs> That's who I feel like. Um, if listeners have, maybe I'll do this as like a poll question. If they have any tips for burnout, yeah, that would be definitely. great. That way, we, and I'll and I'll share it on on the IG. That way, we can all learn together. Yes, um, that would be a great if you, you know, if there's an app that really helped you or some sort of activity that or life hack mm -hmm. that helped you. I would love to hear that. Yeah, because I think we all figure out ways to kind of accommodate ourselves, you know, and some of them are like silly ways that aren't going to be written about in a research article. But they're thing, you know, like dress like a cartoon character. You know, they can be just like silly little things that you do personally that help you. And those can be helpful for others. We're kind of all figuring this out together. So, yeah, any input you have is helpful. You can follow us on Instagram at Weirds of a Feather. You can email us Weirds of a Feather at gmail.com. Find us um, on Facebook. Yep. Join the Facebook group. Lots of discussions going on. Yep. If you have anything negative to say about anything we've said in this episode, don't. Don't. Just don't. Not allowed. Yeah. Just please. No, uh, but we do. We do. Don't. We always um, accept and welcome corrections yeah, and yeah. more information about anything that we may have said incorrectly. We're always we're always looking for feedback. Yes. Constructive criticism. But if you just don't it like it, should just not like it. Yeah. Then we don't want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then piss off. Yeah. Go tell it to the mountains. 
All right. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Is All it time right. for the uh, for bod? the bod? Yeah. I oh, want your bod. Oh. I was gonna instead of doing the coffee thing, I was originally thinking like, what if we did? You know, donations for this month would go to a you know a cause in Gaza. But like, I don't think I have the ability to like put that together and follow through on it, which yeah. I'm nervous about. So instead, I will say instead of donating to us this month for the future indefinitely, also. Donate that money to one of those places that I called out, or if you have another great resource that you know that money is going directly to the Palestinian people for aid, please, please, I would rather have your money go there than to us. So please donate there first and foremost. Yeah. All right. Time for that bod. Yeah. I want your bod. Nice bod. Today, we're doing, I found this one on TikTok, and I thought it was a Pokemon. Are you on the TikTok where it's- Pokemon. It's like Pokemon, but then you have like, someone who's voicing similar to David Attenborough style. No. On um, like how Charmander like his eating. It's like they're following a Pokemon, but it's very like planet Earth-esque. No. That no? sounds like a you specific someone, thing. Someone's on this side of TikTok. Reach out to me. Sure. So we can bond over this. It's the funniest thing. And I thought this was one of them. It ended up being a real bird. So then I was like, holy moly. It looks like a Pokemon to me. Yeah. I didn't think it was real. It does look like a Pokemon. Um, it's called the yellow, oh, I put herd, head, headed? Yeah. The headed. yellow-headed Picatharties. Picatharties. There's a few different types of Picatharties. Yeah. We're talking about the yellow-headed, or I think it's also the white-necked. The white-necked. Picatharties. Yeah. Or yellow-headed. Yep. Um, this is a bird that's found in Upper Guinea forests of West Africa. Um, it's also known as the bald-headed crow uh, because they have no feathers on their head. It's just like yellow skin which is weird it is weird um they do look like a it, i they look like a, not only do they look like a pokemon they look like they're wearing earmuffs hmm. um invented in maine yeah and yeah. <laughs> a fun fact is they make these little cup shaped mud nests attached to cave walls and overhangs and that's where they lay their eggs that's to so avoid cute. the rain that's so cute it's what a very good idea cute. It's very cute little bird but definitely didn't look real at first Let's listen. Let's hear it. Also, the only clip I have of like its little quiet call is from Planet Earth. So you'll hear like fun music in the background. Mm. Good luck editing this, Christopher. Yep. Godspeed. Sounds like a squeaky it's, shopping cart wheel. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> it's cute. It's very cute. It's a cute little bird. Doesn't look like a real bird, but. Yep. I think we nailed it. It looks more real than that fucking shoe bill puppet. Don't, don't get started. All right. Okay. All right. Ah! Ah!